Well, happy Easter. I am so thrilled that you are here, and I'm so honored to get to speak with you this morning. Um, Jenny doesn't know this, but on Good Friday, just two days ago, I was looking over the message, um, and some of you may not know, we actually have an office, which is really cool and a really special, like, event for us to now have an office that's outside of my house, um, which is just amazing. And so on Good Friday, it was a school holiday. So my two kids were home. And while they are the most adorable children on the face of the planet, they are the children of me and Bill, who was up here a second ago. So they are loud. They are very, very loud children. So I'm wanting to look over the message. I'm like, I'm just going to go to the office. That'll be much easier, much quieter. And our, offer, our office is at um, Vineyard Church here in the Heights on 11th. They're good friends of ours, and they gave us a space there. And I walked into the building and realized I'm the only one in the whole building, which was so, like, I mean, you guys know, like, a church building all alone, it's a little, like, a little overwhelming, like, a little intimidating. And so I get to the office, and I open the door, and I turn on the lights, and I'm sitting there for about an hour or so all by myself in the stillness and quiet, like you could have heard a pin drop. There was not a sound in the building. And all of a sudden, I, rec I realized that a light came on in the sanctuary. My office overlooks the sanctuary, and a light came on in the distance. And I could see the light, but they couldn't see mine. They didn't know I was there. They thought they were all alone. And this one light in the darkness turns on, and all of a sudden, I hear this voice. I don't know who the guy was, but he had the voice of an angel, and he starts singing with this rich, beautiful, like, caramely voice, and he starts singing, Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow, and I grew up on hymnals, and so hearing that, I just immediately was overwhelmed by the reverberation of every note that he sang, and I couldn't help but like well up with tears, and I started singing with him, and he couldn't hear me, but I could hear it, and I think it sounded pretty good. I think it was great, and so as he was singing, I, I was just so touched reading these words that I'm about to share with you and hearing what must have sounded like heaven I was just overwhelmed, not knowing what Jenny was going to sing this morning. So this morning, when she started singing Jesus Paid It All, I was like, okay, Jesus, you don't have to show off. Like, we know you're risen. You don't have to go like that, okay? Um, so if you have attended Village Heights ever, chances are good. I'm going to cry today, and you know that. I love talking about Jesus. I love being in his house. I love being with you. So if I start crying, please somebody else just start crying with me to make me feel less like a weirdo. That had nothing to do with the message. That was all free information. Now, have you ever made a bad financial decision? This is where we're starting now. Have you ever made a bad financial decision? Anybody? Maybe not a bad one necessarily, but like a large financial decision that when you made it, you knew Oh, I'm in it for the long haul. Like, this is, this is going to hurt for a while. Like, a bad financial decision would be, I need a new car, so I'm going to get, like, the most expensive one I can possibly find well out of my price range. I'm just going to do it. And now here you are paying month after month going, why? Why did I ever think this was a good idea? Or maybe you own your own house. So real estate, always a good investment, right? That's always a good idea. But there's something about hearing those words, 30 years fixed, that you're like, well, this is where they'll bury me. Like, there's no out now. Like, this is where I am forever. Mortgage, month after month. 
Or who would love, love, like raise your hands if this is you, to go back to your 18-year-old self and say, don't take out the student loans. Is that anybody else? And like me, for sure, I would love to tell myself that. We make these decisions that become so overwhelming. So what would happen if tomorrow morning you woke up and every single one of your debtors called you and was like, hey, good news, it's been paid in full. You don't have to pay the mortgage anymore. 30 years turned into two years. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. It's all done. It's yours free and clear. That car that you never should have bought in the first place, totally yours. Drive it like a hellion. Drive it till the wheels fall off. Free and clear. Student loans, they never even existed. Paid in full. What a game changer that would be, right? Like what momentum that would create in our lives if we could say every debt I had paid in full. For the next few minutes, I want to look at the idea of payment for debt. In the book of John chapter 19, we read about the death of Jesus. The chapter starts with Jesus being sentenced to death by Pilate. And if you've never read this portion of scripture, I highly recommend it. It's very entertaining. This is like more entertaining than any reality TV you will ever watch. Because they bring Jesus to Pilate and he's like, no, he's not guilty. And like the crowd is like, totally guilty, crucify him. And Pilate's like, no, that's not a good idea. And they're like, no, it's absolutely a good idea. We'd rather have the criminal. Give us the criminal, crucify Jesus. That's a great idea. And Pilate, weak, finally goes, okay, cool. That's the first part of the chapter. Then we read the account of the crucifixion. In chapter 19, we get to read about every brutal thing that happened to Jesus on his way to the cross. And then in verse 28, we get the story, the account, the telling of his last few moments on the cross. And that's what I want to look at for the next few moments. This is what it says in John chapter 19, starting in verse 28. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I'm thirsty. A jar of sour wine sitting there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. That phrase, it is finished, it seems so simple, so meaningful, but easy to understand. As we read these words in our English Bible, it makes sense to assume that Jesus was referring to his human life here on earth. He was dead. It was over. Life as he knew it was finished. While that is true, like every word in the Bible, context matters. If you don't learn anything else at Village Heights, context matters. In the original manuscripts of the Bible, the Greek word that would have been written in place of our English phrase was tetelestai. Everybody say it with me. You'll sound like Greek theologians. Tetelestai. So good. You guys sounded so smart. One final word before his last breath, to Tetelestai, which translates to, it is finished. 
But amidst the culture of this time, that one single word meant so much more than what our English-speaking minds can comprehend. Scholars, historians, theologians all agree that found in this one word would have been layer upon layer of meaning. One theory is that Jesus was meaning the work is complete. The work is complete. The passage we just read begins with Jesus knew that his mission was finished. So what was his mission? Bringing the message to people like the Samaritan woman, to the disciples, to crowds gathered on a hillside. He finished that. Miracles like healing people of their sickness, manipulating nature, raising people from the dead. He finished that. Going to the cross to pay the price for crimes he did not commit. He finished that. Enduring the wrath of God to fully atone for the sins of all humanity, he finished that. So the work was complete. The work is complete. It was finished to Telestai. Another theory is that Jesus was meaning the battle is over. The next few words in John 19, 28 are, and to fulfill scripture. God promised Noah in Genesis to never destroy the earth with a flood. And God promised Abraham later in Genesis to make him a great nation and bless all people of the earth through him. And God promised Moses in Exodus to bless and care for Israel if they would obey. God promised David in 2 Samuel that his reign on the throne will last forever. And then in Jeremiah, God promised to give Israel a new heart to obey him, a new covenant to enjoy his presence. And this is what it says in Jeremiah chapter 31. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people, a new covenant that will surpass all previous covenants to the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I loved them as a husband loves a wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people and they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. The blood of Jesus was this covenant fulfilled. Sin no longer leaves us in separation from our creator. There is no more war to fight. The pain is over by the victory Jesus won. Because of his work on the cross, we can walk in freedom over our failures and we can exchange shame for salvation. The battle is over to tell us die. But the last idea I wanna look at for the meaning of this word is that Jesus meant paid in full. 
The debt was erased. The debt our sin had accrued had been paid in full. Some scholars believe that telestai was a word used in various cultural settings throughout biblical times. It was often used or associated with a list of completed items, like a to-do list, like a list of check boxes. And as you went down, you went down, you went down, you got to the bottom, telestai. It's done. It was also used in settings to indicate a bill had been paid. There are ancient manuscripts, ancient pieces of paper that were um, tariffs that were paid for taxes. What's so interesting is you can actually see ancient pieces of paper that probably should have disintegrated years and years ago. And at the top of them, it's a bill, very clearly something that someone owes. And at the top, it would be abbreviated T-E-T-E-L. Some believe that meant to tell us that, that the bill had been paid that the debt was erased, the tax had been paid, it was all free and clear, you were good to move forward because it was paid in full. The very next part of our passage in John 19 describes how they soaked a sponge in sour wine and put it on a hyssop branch, don't forget that, and held it up to his lips. And when Jesus had tasted it, he knew right then and he said, it is finished. Hyssop was the very plant used to brush the lamb's blood across a doorpost during Passover to save God's people from death. And now here it is against this lamb. And Paul describes this symbolism in 1 Corinthians and says, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. The payment for our sin has been paid by the Passover lamb. The debt for our sin no longer stands. The price has been paid by the blood of the lamb. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because every shortcoming has been paid in full to Telestai. All of these meanings wrapped up in one simple word spoken on his very last breath as he took the weight of the world, the weight of every sin on his shoulders. Jesus knew that the sacrifice he was making was for every person looking up at him was for every person hanging beside him, whether they knew or understood or not. It was for the town that left him there. It was for every nation, every city surrounding. It was for every place yet to come. It was for all of humanity, every individual that was then, that would yet to be, every place throughout all of history. It was for you and for me. And Jesus knew in that moment that the work was complete, that the battle was over because the debt had been paid in full. Before Jesus took his first breath on earth, the angel appeared to Mary and said, he will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. 
The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So as he took his last breath, he knew that this was not the end. That what appeared to be a victory for death was not that at all. As he drew his last breath in human form, he knew this was not the end, but the beginning of every miracle yet to come. That because of what he did on the cross, your life in 2023 would have purpose. That you were created with meaning, with intentionality, with the love of a father. He knew in that moment that his death is what would give us life. That we no longer have to wonder. We no longer have to worry. We no longer have to search. The work is complete. There is no battle left to fight. He has paid the price for every moment of your failure. It's already paid for you. It was in his death that we find life. So the band is actually gonna sing a song that really describes this idea so perfectly and so beautifully. So if you want to stay seated, close your eyes and reflect as they sing it, that's fine. If you can't help but stand and worship Jesus, that's fine too. But more than anything, hear these words. Understand this scripture and know that when Jesus said to Telestai, he was speaking to you. That it was because of his death that you now have life.
is finished, it is finished, Tatalistai. My hope found in the Savior's word alone. He willingly laid down his life, and gloriously he rolled away the stone. It is finished, it is finished, Mark 1, 14 through 15, it says, Jesus went into Galilee, where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. And everything we've talked about all gathered up to, to, to tell us die. And I'm sure in my southern twang, I am murdering <laughs> the translation of that. But that doesn't take away any of its power. 
tetelestai. And it's amazing how Hannah did an amazing job of translating that for us and how we can attach it to ourselves in debt. And, and when I, she was telling me about it, what she's going to say, and I'm like, man, what am I going to say? You know? And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, how, I mean, all the different variations, the three different ones that it could be, how it translates to us in our lives, in our personal debt, the things that we take on. Uh, for some of us, uh, you know, it's important, you know, because debts matter, because if you, they'll come find you if you don't pay them, right? And it's so much so debts matter that we get help. There's gurus out there. We need help with our credit scores. We need help paying down debt. Sometimes it can be so overwhelming. We don't know what to do next. And we need somebody to come along and say, this is how you pay the debt. This is how you can handle it. And it might not be immediate, but the change can come, right? We need help. So for some of you, you've paid off a debt that you can relate with the working hard. You worked hard to pay off that debt. Day in and day out, putting in the work little by little to someday for you to go, the work is complete. For some of you, you faced a debt in your life that feels like a battle. You feel like you're fighting every day. Every day, there's a new soldier in your way to be able to pay off that debt. Whether it's an addiction that you're fighting or um, whether it's sickness at a health issue, whether it's a, a social struggle or an intimacy problem, whatever it may be, it, it's a battle and you feel like you're fighting it constantly. But sometimes we, we can find that victory, right? Whatever that debt is. Sometimes a, a debt, when you finally finish it, you feel like, man, I want to plant my flag in that debt, that car debt, that student loan, whatever it is. I claimed it. It's mine now, right? I paid it off. And for some of you, the debt is so insurmountable. The Whatever you've happened in your life, debt that you're trying to pay off, it's scary that you look forward to the day that you can say it's paid in full. And I don't, it's happened to me. I don't know if it's ever happened to you. Maybe it's coming soon, but I just recently, we paid off our car. And I remember when I got it in the mail and it said paid in full, it's like a chain was lifted off of me, a weight. And I was like, finally, it's mine. Paid in full. And it's funny how that also correlates even more so to the debt that we feel in life. We feel like we have a debt. For some of you, you've been working on yourself, trying to make improvements, right? Trying to learn how to treat others better, the ones that you love, the people that are around you, going to counseling or whatever it may be. Some of you, you're trying to figure out a way how to treat yourself better, how to honor yourself and be thankful for who you are and honor what God has gifted you and, and made you to be. And then some of you, you, you've been working so hard, but, and you've been honoring this vessel, but there's just a part of it that you just know that, wait a minute, just like it said in the video, that it's just, I'm not the main character, Jesus is. There is a part of this I can't complete. There is a connection that I can't complete, and you need Jesus to come do that final thing, complete the work that you've been doing. For some of you, it's, you've been battling so long, like I said before, sickness, addiction, social struggles, and you don't even know when the, it began. It feels like a war that's never going to end, and you're wanting Jesus to come along 
and to claim that victory, to finish it, to be the king and general you need to conquer that battle. And for some of you, you might be indebted to something you didn't even do. It might be a debt that was passed down to you, something that was forced upon you, something you didn't know that you were getting into, whatever it may be. And it is so scary and it is so intimidating that you pray for the day and you don't know how you're going to get there. See, paid in full. And when you get that paid in full, whatever you're struggling with, you feel those chains lift off. You feel you don't not attach to it anymore, that something has done it for you. Most of all, these are debts that you can't pay. And that is frustrating. I can't tell you how, I know personally, and I can't tell you for you how frustrating it is. When you have a debt in front of you and you know you can't pay it. You don't have what it takes to pay that debt. Some of that, that's you today. So right now I'm telling you, now is your chance for that. Now is the time for that. To start the first day of your new life. One that will be truly living and not just existing. Unfortunately, some of us, we've just been existing. We've been surviving, not truly enjoying what God has put before us and this life that he has given us because we're too worried about just existing, trying to get ahead, trying to survive the day. But when we find him, he wants us to live in victory, live with purpose, not that we're some cosmic oopsie, that we came from an ooze, but you were designed and loved by a creator. So much so, he built a bridge for you not just any bridge, not just a bridge for a chosen people, not just a bridge for people at that time when he died, but a bridge for all of humanity, that regardless of whatever you have done, you're thinking, maybe not, maybe it's too much. His price that he paid was ultimate. There is nothing that you can do in your past or that you can do in your future that would disqualify you from his love. Not a thing. But you have to choose to walk over that bridge and to really put us into that position to be able to say, to tell us die for your life, not just for others, but for you. So I'm going to be real with you guys. And you're like, Bill, you're, you know, that's all sounds great, but you're playing music and it's, it feels, this is for your comfort. <laughs> because when it comes to big decisions, music helps. I don't know why it does, but it does. God created us that way. Because right now is a big decision. You have not made this choice. This is probably the biggest decision, not probably, it is the biggest decision you will make in your life because it doesn't, doesn't affect your days here, it affects your eternity. It's not super complex. There's no death-defying feat you have to do. He already did that. He already took care of that for us. And scripture tells us what it takes. And it takes a choice from the heart. We see a glimpse of this in a very familiar scripture, John 3, 16. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And then Paul wanted to make it a little more practical for us. We hear that and that's cool, but how do I apply it, right? So Paul gave it to us in Romans 10, 9. Paul said, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will 
be saved. All you have to do is ask. And not just say the words, but really mean it in your heart. And only you can know that. I can't take claim to you and, you're, and you being paid in full. I can't take claim. Only Jesus can. He's the only one that can see your heart. And I can tell you, if this is your first time to do this, he has been waiting. However long you've been alive, he's been waiting for this moment. Yearning to connect with you. So let's not waste any more time, okay? He's been waiting a while for some of us. So I'm going to say a prayer. And I don't want to embarrass anybody. I'm not here to, you know, to get accounts so I can report it to some hierarchy or anything like that. It's not, that's not what I'm doing here. I care about your journey with Christ and your creator. So if you want him to be your savior, if you want people to say to die, paid in full, if you want that, all you got to do is just repeat this prayer after me and mean it in your heart. So not to embarrass anybody, to call anybody out, I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Okay, here we go. Everybody close your eyes. Repeat this. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for never giving up on me. Today, I choose the living water. I believe that you are my Savior and Lord. So come into my life. Give me wisdom and direction. Teach me how to love like you do. Thank you for paying the debt I couldn't. I now call you the Savior King. your name I pray. Amen. Count of three, say Tetelestai with me. One, two, three, Tetelestai. Doesn't that feel amazing that you can actually claim that now? Because of him and the price that was paid in full, you can declare that in your life over everything that you have, the battles that you are facing, the work that you've been doing, the hope that you can someday have it paid in full. It is done. It has happened right now. Welcome to the family of Christ. If you don't have a home, other believers to congregate with, we would love to have you here at Village Heights. But find somewhere. If it's not here, find somewhere else and begin that journey. But if you come here, we're not perfect. We never claim to be. We're on the journey too. I mess up all the time. Hannah can attest to that, okay? She doesn't have enough pen and paper to keep up with all the things that I do, right? But I'm on a journey, and I invite you to take this journey with us, arm in arm, as we get closer to Jesus. Because that is the one thing that can truly change all of your circumstances. It's Jesus. So come here, be with us, journey with us. We don't have it figured out, and neither do you. We're going to do it together. Let's pray. God, thank you. There is not enough words. There is not enough descriptors. There's not a sentence that I could eloquently put, it, to put together that could measure up to what you did for us. So, Lord, we're going to try to get close. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for the blood that you spilt for us. 
more importantly, thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for conquering and paying the debt we never could and becoming that bridge to our creator. So right now, as decisions were made, as choices in hearts were made to become a follower, to be connected, to be able to have it paid in full, thank you for that opportunity. Lord, as we go forward, as individually, as we step out into the streets and with our neighbors and coworkers, as a church, as we represent Jesus in our neighborhood, in our city, let your will be done in all the efforts that we make so that one, we could be blessed and know you more and draw closer to you, but ultimately that we get to bring others along, that others see the light. They see the, the paid and full stamp on us we can show them how to get it as well. So Lord, let your will be done. And with us, Village Heights, this world, this community, thank you. Thank you for your generosity to us. In the Savior's name I pray.